Hey, it's Greg. This is the Square Pizza Pod, cooked up by Shermco. To another episode of the Square Pizza Pod. Today's episode is a little different from the rest, as today is the first time we have had members of our team join the pod. Greg had the pleasure of interviewing Taylor James and Matthew Gibson, who both joined our team in late September and early October. Taylor is our Strategic Implementation Associate, and Matthew is our Associate Director of Family Empowerment. They both have brought so much talent and value to our organization thus far. In this episode, you will learn more about themselves, their career, personal stories, and why they chose Shermco. We hope you guys enjoy this special episode. Taylor James, you said you were going to get wings tonight. Is that true? Yes. I'm going what to kind of wings are you going to get? Um, I don't know. I just want something like probably some hot wings. Y'all know I love hot wings. Mm-hmm. And probably some like something honey. Maybe like honey hot. Mm. I don't know. I've just been, I need something. I just need a wing. You have a go-to wing spot? No. Wing spot? Like do you have a, like a preferred oh. choice no, of I really chicken don't. wing I, vendors no, in I the really, area? No, I really don't. I think I'm honestly open to anything that just has some good wing. I'm not picky. I eat anything. Matthew, what's on your dinner plans for tonight? Um, I think I'm going with some halal food cart. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I love halal. And the reason why I say that is because I have it in my fridge right now. So oh. it's like, uh, wow. <laughs> so so you're going to just eat your leftover. The mind, uh, I already have it set. I'm dead. Yeah. Once upon a time, when I door dashed, I used to always go there yeah. and get people food from there. So good. See? Things you learn. All right. We're recording. So this is perfect. Um, okay. Y'all, so uh, for the listening audience, thank you for coming back to the Square Pizza Pod. Uh Hopefully, as many of you know, by now we use the podcast to interview leaders of color across the country doing innovative work in the education and social impact space. Today is the first episode, no pressure, where (laughs) we are interviewing two of our new wonderful staff members. Um, So kind of using this episode to introduce them to our podcast community so you guys can learn more about them, why they're so wonderful, um, and all the talent and value they are bringing inside our organization, but also to, to some of you out there that are current clients, previous clients, respective clients, um, and just community partners as well. Uh, so we're excited for kind of the first episode to invite Taylor and Matthew to join us. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let's start with Miss Taylor James, associate on our strategic implementation team. Hey, Taylor. Hey, how's oh, it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Thanks for joining. First ever podcast that she is joining, so we're going to take it easy on her today, but she's going to do wonderful. Of course. Always. Taylor, tell uh, tell the people what they should know about you. <laughs> well, hello. Um, my name is Taylor James. Um, I am originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, then I went to Agnes Scott College after I graduated high school, which is in Decatur, where it's greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Decatur, where it's greater? <laughs> Decatur, where it's greater. Is, that a, is yeah. that a thing? <laughs> yes, that's what they said, Decatur, where it's greater. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been there, so now I know. That's yeah. <laughs> I ever find myself in Decatur. I think like Chris Brown had a song or something. He Lord. said Decatur, where it's greater. But um, yeah, um, very close to Atlanta. Um and then I accepted a position with Teach for America, and that's how I got to the lovely Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But that's me in like two seconds. Tell us about Agnes Scott. Um, Agnes Scott. Agnes Scott is an all-women's college. Um, it uh, was the only all-women's college I applied to, and mm. 
Um, how I got there was just very kind of random by chance. My history teacher's daughter graduated from there and he was like, hey, Taylor, you should apply. They give a lot of money. Um, and I ended up applying the, and I got it. I applied very early because mm-hmm. um, I was actually auditioning for all my schools because I was, you know, wanted to be an up and coming actress mm. or whatever. Okay. Uh, We're going to come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back, come to, back that. to that. Yep. Um, but I was, which just meant that all my applications were just kind of done by October, November. Mm. Um, so I got in pretty quickly and then I kind of forgot about it. And then once I came back and the financial aid package came around, I was like, oh, let me go visit the school. Because um, from Boston, that was a pretty little bit of a different, maybe culture shock. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think I always knew I was not staying in Boston, okay. so I was always going to go to Georgia um, or somewhere in the South um, just because I wanted to find other black people. Okay. Um, and that is where I felt like I was going to find them. So um, it was different. It wasn't really too much of a culture shock, but I think the whole idea of going to all women's college is always very culture shocking because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there are all women <laughs> all the time um, <laughs> which has its pros you know like you just kind of get up and go to class and you don't care what you look like and you're like hey um but it was also really cool because all my classes were just I guess very we talked a lot like mm. I think a lot of my classes are very conversation based mm-hmm. and women like to speak up and talk and mm. I love that so um yeah it was a great experience there's a lot of interesting research, particularly like the middle school age, that there should be kind of single gender middle schools mm. um, based upon learning preferences for, let's say, like prototypical males and females, um, but also designed in a way that um, might allow people to be more introspective, reflective, comfortable sharing both like academic and social opinions growing up, even in middle school age. Mm. Um, again, like some mm. drama citation here in terms of um, maybe generalizations. Uh, but could also, of course, see that applying to higher ed as well. No, yeah, definitely. I think it was definitely a culture shock coming from like a predominantly white high school. There was a lot of like white males and then going to um, an all-women's institution that was very diverse. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of like, wow, I can actually talk and no one's going to talk over me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> But, yeah, it was it was it was a cool experience. I really loved it. Let's go back to this acting background. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned some <laughs> some auditions, which yeah. those of you, you know, we're only <laughs> six minutes in, so it's hard to uh, to maybe believe the uh, actor. But if you spent more than six minutes with her, <laughs> maybe we maybe <laughs> it's not too surprising to us. But anyways, let me stop. Tell us more about the uh, acting. Yeah. Okay. So I have been acting since I was like seven, eight, I think. Um, I went to school in Brookline. Um, Brookline was um, outside of my school district. I was in an organization called Metco and allowed me to go to school um, outside the Boston public school system. And so Mm. it kind of opened some opportunities and some doors. Um, Mom couldn't afford any of the acting classes. And I went to this acting class and she was like, oh yeah, that was fun, but I cannot pay for this. Um, And the woman was like, "Uh, she's really good. And I think also she was like, ooh, we don't have any other black children in here you can just go ahead and do the program for free. So I did the program um, literally all the way up until eighth grade. And basically we just did plays. Um, We would travel around to different schools. Um, Sometimes it'd be like educational. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once I got to high school, like I continued acting. I was always in all the musicals. Um, Yeah, I was, I wanted to be an actress. And so then when I applied to college, I applied to all theater programs, Mm -hmm. which are, 
extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they literally choose maybe like a handful <laughs> of applicants. Um, and I actually ended up auditioning for um, the University of Hartford and it got accepted into their acting school mm-hmm. um, for acting. Because um, I think I auditioned for acting and musical theater. Um, but it was dumb expensive. So <laughs> once I was a little heartbroken, I couldn't go. But, um, you know, God be having a lot of different plans for people. So it was okay. And then I was, I got, I went to Atlanta. So mm-hmm. I was still exposed to different opportunities and still continued to act for a little while. Um, but all women's colleges are not the best for acting. So not too much acting going on <laughs> at Agnet. So you weren't actively part of like the theater no, program or anything there? No, I was not. I kind of just stick to the singing. Once I got to Agnes Scott, I was in their gospel choir. Okay. Um, so I continued with that. But I did take some acting classes around the city um, and did actually do an internship with Kenny Leon's um, theater company as well mm-hmm. for a summer too. So. so what was the jump from like the passion um, from acting to education um i got to college and i was like i love learning um mm-hmm. love the stage love you know but i really like the whole like intellectual like i just love reading and writing um and so i think and i kind of brought that in even my acting background like you could still use a lot of that within you know the classroom um so yeah i think i just got really busy on campus and didn't forget about acting but just kind of delved into a lot of different organizations um so yeah i didn't really forget about it but definitely i think college is kind of where i was like i have a lot of other interests as well and would imagine any actors or people with acting experience coupled with the passion education could be really good teachers because yeah very much right probably <laughs> a lot of the skill sets that allow one to be a really good actor uh, would allow you to be engaging in a way that if you can marry that with good content and instruction and pedagogy, could be a really good teacher. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it could, <laughs> I think it's good and bad. I mean, I think my first year of teaching, I definitely used a lot of my acting skills. <laughs> You're like, good morning, class. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about and y'all are going to listen to me. <laughs> um, but that was great. When I have observations, I would be like, ooh, okay, acting on. Let's figure this out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. And then you went from... You know, your Teach for America experience, uh, your work at a charter school, and then joined us at Shermco. So curious if you feel comfortable telling the listening audience what about Shermco you were interested in? Um, well, other than when I went on the website and I saw <laughs> the wonderful Greg on there, and he said that he liked boys to men, and I was like, mm. ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> Not a white man loving boys to men. It's okay. Good, good recruitment tactic. Good <laughs> yeah, it really was. Good to know. Um, so good I think feedback. that definitely was, um, you know, piqued my interest a little more. Um, but I think I always didn't want to like run away from the education space. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, I need to get out of the classroom, but I didn't feel like I needed to step too far away. Um, I did feel like I needed an organization that still saw me as like a person. I didn't need to be like in a big organization or company that, I just was kind of like going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to use my brain. Um, and I also didn't want to step too far away from just the whole like equitable space in general. Um, and I think that this company was definitely uh, aligned with what I was looking for, um, just professionally and then also just personally. Sure. Thank you for sharing. How have your first 
57 days been inside the organization? I have not quit yet. Um, no, joking. Um, no, it's going really well. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> right? um, no, it's going really, really well. Um, I think that uh, I'm pre- pleasantly surprised by how transferable a lot of my skills from teaching um, are um, within my work, even when I'm like meeting with clients and like building those relationships. Like I was building relationships for 180 days all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, it's definitely um, I I really do love just like what I'm doing, and I feel like I'm growing professionally and like like I said, using my brain a lot more. Um, but yeah, it's it's not as difficult as I thought it would be it's definitely difficult work but it's not as impossible mm-hmm. <laughs> as it may have seemed when I first started well, that's great say. appreciate you sharing love having you on the team I love being here <laughs> we're gonna come back to to Taylor in a little bit but let's uh let's bring in Mr. Matthew Gibson yeah Matthew Ooh, let's do it Matthew what's let's happening do it. let's do it how are you sir I'm doing well. Um, so Taylor is on our strategic implementation side. And so if you are a nonprofit, a city department, somebody working in the workforce development space, you would get the chance and the opportunity to work with Ms. Taylor and Alex on the strategic implementation side. Uh, we've been fortunate to have Matthew join Ms. Gia uh, on the family empowerment side. And so Matthew is officially our associate director of family empowerment and joined uh, almost within a week or two of Taylor. So about 60 days in to the organization. Oh, yeah, we're here. It's been a pleasure. Matthew, say hello. Tell the people what we should know about you. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Matthew Gibson, and uh, I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, originally. Um, went to school, went to college at Wingate, the Wingate mm. University, mm. where I um, played football. Um, I majored in sports management at the time. Uh, graduated from there in 2015. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, uh, you know, I decided to pursue my lifelong journey and dream of playing in the NFL, and that's exactly what I did. Um, January 2016, I put my mind to it. I said, I'm going to play in the NFL, mm-hmm. wrote it down, and just went after it. And um, one of my favorite books is The Alchemist, and it says, mm-hmm. uh, when you want something, all the universe helps, conspires in helping you to achieve it. And it really, that journey was exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, August 2016, I signed with the Denver Broncos, and I wasn't with them for long, but it was a dream come true. Um, then I signed with the Montreal Alouettes, and I played in the CFL for almost a year. And then after that, my career in football was over, which was really how I had to pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... From there, it was just a really long journey to get to education, for the most part. But in general, there's a lot of was a lot of little mini stories to me, but that's the big story. <laughs> we should let everybody know that it was hard for me to have Matthew join the team because that meant I was now the second best football player <laughs> on the team, and so there was a lot of humbleness that I had to swallow there. Uh, but I was willing to do it to to, to have you on, of course. Uh, but knowing um, that not many high school athletes move on to play yeah. uh, sports in college, let alone football, but then what, you know, very much so less than 1% of all division athletes that play football move on to any sort of professional um, careers, right? right? Regardless of how long it's been. So one, to certainly be commended on that. But secondly, you know, this is probably a much longer uh, podcast episode, but curious if you could share kind of what you learned in that professional journey for those one, two, three years yeah. you were playing professional football? Yeah, for the most part, um, I think the biggest lesson that I take away from my time is that, you know, what you do is not who you are. Like, mm-hmm. so for a long time, I identified as 
a football player or this athlete. And when it came to an end, when my career was over, I was truly devastated, Mm. devastated and like trying to rediscover who I was. And so really, um, that's what one thing that I took away from it is that like even along that journey as you're playing football, regardless of what level or what age range you are at, take time to really own and discover yourself outside of that. Mm-hmm. So that was probably one of the biggest takeaways. But still, in terms of getting there, just work your tail off. <laughs> you got to work hard and really be focused on what you want, make them sacrifices, and just go after it. If it's something that you really want to do, you just got to put that doubt out your mind and just go for it. And I'd, I'd imagine some of those kind of skill sets and mindsets allowed you to be successful in your transition towards education. So can you speak about that and maybe some of your early roles and experience in education? Yeah, for sure. It definitely was helpful. It helped me to um, just continuously pivot, continuously just to keep going. That's the one thing I can say. I never quit. I just mm-hmm. kept going. So, like, after I finished playing, I coached for a year, went back to Wingate. Then I just realized, all right, I need, I need, I want to do something more outside of football. Um, I did this leadership development program. I actually, before that, I was washing cars. <laughs> I was washing cars. Hustling. Right? Just trying to find it. I was washing cars. Then I ended up going, doing this leadership development program called the Winston-Salem Fellows. I did that for about 10 months. And during that time, I was working with a company called Boosterthon. Mm. And so, essentially, they go into schools and they do fundraisers. And that was kind of how I really got exposed to schools. And I'm like, darn, I really would like to be inside of a school because I got to interact with kids. But I was like, I didn't really like the role in which I was doing. It was a good job. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I wanted to do something that was more impactful. And so, like, for me, even before this, like, when I was still in college, I used to mentor kids all the time and go to the school. So it was kind of full circle moment. Um, so after the fellows program, one of my friends, she worked at a charter school here in Charlotte. And she mm-hmm. was like, hey, do you think about working in education? And I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing. Why was, it, why was it a hard no right <laughs> because away? Because I thought she meant more like a teaching role okay. or something like that. But in a lot of ways at the time, I just didn't know what it was she would want me to do. And she started explaining the position. I'm like, yo, that's what I do right now. Like in mm-hmm. terms of just like being able to impact mentor and just mm-hmm. help people kind of develop. And so I'm like, heck yeah, sign me up. And so I went and interviewed, killed it, and then I was I was at um, that's why I worked for the last three years mm-hmm. before I got the Sherm code. Yep. And so, just um, yeah, yeah. And why families? Because so much of the work in your previous role was focused on families, and obviously yeah. now with Gia and our family empowerment work, you know, ninety percent of your time is focused on families. Mm-hmm. So curious why that element of education is so important to you. I think families are everything, but at the same time, schools and families have to work together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a lot of times, especially in uh, – it was a Title I charter school, so a lot of times families don't always have the resources that they need in order to, you know, just have – I don't know, have a, a fighting chance in this life. And so sometimes to be able to go in and be able to connect somebody to a resource that can impact them in a positive way, that can help change the trajectory of their life or expose them to something, that's kind of like – that's my life. That's like, that's kind of, that's, that is the definition of what happened for me growing up. Mm. And so I had that opportunity. People exposed me to things. I got connected to resources mm. and had I not had that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. So in some ways it's like my, it's just like, this is where my heart is. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I know we put Taylor on the hot seat. So we got to ask you the same question. What, <laughs> what about Shermco made you interested in joining the team besides knowing you're going to get to work with Taylor? Yeah, it's just, I think, like, honestly, Taylor said something that kind of I can relate to. It's just alignment. Mm. And at the time where Sherm Co. had came around, it was just kind of a, 
a shot in the, I wasn't looking for it. It mm-hmm. found me in a lot of ways. True. Mario had uh, connected the yeah. dot. I applied, and actually, when I started reading the job description, I'm like, "Dang, that's something like that sounds like what I already do." Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I just it, I just felt like it felt like me. Mm. And so, you know, we had a conversation, and yep. I I felt I liked I, I liked the energy between us. And then, like I said, I, it does. It's just alignment and how everything flowed. I think it was just supposed to happen. This is where I'm supposed to be at this time in my life. I'm supposed to be learning something, and mm-hmm. at the same time, it's aligned with what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate that, and certainly excited and grateful for for Mario for making that connection, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and you know, you both as new team members have a number of things in common, but also know you both share a passion and background for writing. Mm-hmm. So let's go maybe go back to Taylor. Taylor, tell the people about your writing skills and interests <laughs> and passions. You know, I could write or whatever. No, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I have always loved writing, and I think in high school I like realized to be able to do, like a research paper. Um, we used to do a couple of research papers. Um, my high school was kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> but, which I was glad because then I got to college and I was like, okay, I know how to write one of these. Um, but I enjoyed it. I was like, I love the research and mm-hmm. like the writing process. Um, and actually in an elementary school, I remember I... I was the only child, so, you know, I was a little weird. Um, but I would, <laughs> would actually... never <laughs> Just a Shocker. little strange. Um, I would literally, like, spend time, like, writing stories. Um, and I would, like, make little nerdy friends who like to do the same thing. And we literally spend, like, the afternoon, like, writing a story. Um, and then I remember, like, typing out this story. I'm, like, writing this little book. I'm trying to put it together. My mom was just like, girl, you, like, get a life. Um, but... It was always something I loved doing, and then I got to college, um, and I graduated with a BA in English literature, and so you're part of your, it's kind of like a thesis, um, but we call it like a seminar, mm-hmm. um, is to write a final piece, and so um, I also did a lot of creative writing in college, but I always loved like the nonfiction part, like I just love it to be real. I love reading um, fiction, but I love writing about things that are like actually happening, actually real. So, um, I studied abroad in South Africa, um, my junior year of college. Um, and I studied abroad for six months. I was there for, um, a semester. Um, and so I wrote my final piece, um, really just about the like intersectionality of, um, black Americans and, um, South Africans at that time. And I thought just, it was really cool to like, to be like, a black American in South Africa, sure. um, just because of all the history. And like, I was always obsessed with apartheid, like always. Um, and I think my mom made me read Kaffir Boy when I was in high school, I think I read Kaffir Boy. Um, and that's when I was like, I want to go to South Africa. Um, and so right before I went, I read Nelson Mandela's biography, um, mm. listened to it on tape. <laughs> um, and I literally had um, an internship at this law company. And I would literally just like, um, all my free times, I would listen to, um, his um, biography and then when I went it was just kind of like wow like this is all like real and happening so once I wrote my piece like it was it just made a lot of sense at the time um, but um, like I said I had to go to all women's college it was very small I think it was like less than a thousand um students so our classes were really tiny so in my graduating class there was only three black girls who graduated with Mm. um english literature um degrees so we decided just to combine all our pieces together and just publish our piece um and so the the title of the 
the book is The Inheritance of Noise in Joburg, mm-hmm. um, which sounds cool, but honestly, it was all of our pieces all mixed together. That's dope. Um, <laughs> yeah, so mine was Joburg. Um, and the um, one of my classmates wrote a piece um, that also was nonfiction, um, and then the other classmate wrote a fiction piece. So we kind of just combined them all together, and we, um, we published our piece, and it was just a really nice way to end the year. Um, and our professor was, of course, like super excited and happy. So, yeah. is there an ability for the public to get this piece oh, yeah, or shameless support plug. us? Go ahead and go to um, <laughs> Amazon, The okay. Inheritance of Noise in Joburg. Um, you will find it. Yeah. Cool. Maybe we'll put we'll put that in the show notes <laughs> so it's easier for for people to find. Okay. Cool. Um, but that's great. And Matthew, you know that you also have experience, passion, interest in writing with your blog. So tell um, tell the people what we should know about that. Yeah, um, I have a blog. It's called Wisdom in the Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started it three years ago. No, three yeah, three years ago. I started. Um, it's one of those things. I've always was a right. I like when I was young. I used to. It's this picture that I found. It was me in my bed writing in a journal. <laughs> and y'all see it all the time. I got. I keep a journal yeah. with me. And this is one. How, of how old were you in this picture? It's probably like sixth grade. That was pretty good. So you were yeah. a weirdo too. Like yeah. We, yeah, I wow. was definitely. Hey. I wasn't the only child. I'm the youngest <laughs> of three older sisters. So in, in my own ways, I do have some only child ways yeah. to me. But um, yeah, writing is just one of those things. But like as I was growing up, I never really paid attention to it that I did it. It wasn't until I was finished playing football. One of those things when I start discovering things about myself, like mm-hmm. dang. I actually like writing. Mm. I write a lot. I'm actually, I think I'm a pretty good writer. <laughs> and it's also, it's just for me, it's a way that I can express my emotions. I don't always express my emotions the best verbally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of harder for me to talk through that sometimes. But writing things down, I get so much clarity. I get so much insight. And then I just feel like it's, I'm able to connect with people through that. And so writing is like, it is a passion. I hope to and I hope I will write a book one day. Not and not even one day. Yeah, so speaking into existence. Right. I got it. I've I, I started it. It's just yeah. gotta finish. Just it. doing it, yeah. yeah. And the blog focuses on like your own reflections or certain like um like aspects of, of the public or the community. Like what's kind of the focus of the blog? Yeah, it's more so it's more so just my inner world. Okay. It's more so you if you go through it, you you'll see so many different things. But a lot of my inner world lately has been focused on like mental health and just kinda how that relates to like football and things uh Things like that. If you looked at it for 2020, you'll just, uh, you know, you'll see some really passionate things in there too. So, but like, for the most part, it's just my inner world, my thoughts, and just kind of how I, how I'm thinking through things at the time. Uh, hopefully, a few fun questions as new teammates um, joining this work. But Taylor, what makes you hopeful uh, for the strategy work that you and Alex are leading with so many clients across the country? Um, I think. I guess just like impact. Like I hope that I'm allowed to make, I'm able to make um, a similar impact in this work as I feel like I did in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I think like kids are very impressionable, but kids definitely will allow you to feel. And I think just the that I did make an impact. Um, just the three years that I did teach and those like connections that I made, but everything that I learned along the way, I hope that I had the same like impact within this work um, and then like a similar feeling. Like I just want to feel like, you know, I'm still like being useful and I'm still helping and I'm still just like guiding the way um, even within, yeah, like this space. That's what I'll say. Like I want to lose that, but so I'm very hopeful. But you know, me and Alex got <laughs> holding it down, so we sure. get it. <laughs> uh, Matthew, you and Gia are leading the family empowerment work across yeah. 16 schools, 15 in North, 14 in Charlotte, one in Durham, 
and one in Hawaii uh, that covers about thirteen to 14,000 families right now that you guys are uh, in charge of supporting? What makes you hopeful about that work? Yeah, um, I, when Taylor said impact, I wanted to reach across and high five yes. because it's the same thing. Yes, impact, right? <laughs> it's the bit. It's the. It's at the end of the day. That's that's why we do this work. It's for impact, and I think about just it being at a bigger scale. Just thinking about like we start schools right now, but like you know, one two years from now, who knows? Mm-hmm. School serving school districts, mm-hmm. and just the impact that the family empowerment work could be across multiple states and things of that nature. And so when I think about it, I feel like. I'm hopeful about that because I can I see firsthand what the work is doing and how much we how much value that we add to schools, and so for me it's like all right I can see that and I and I'm hopeful about the impact that we can have at a larger scale. And people have come hopefully to love the Square Pizza Pod because they know they get honesty mm-hmm. when we have our guests here, yes. uh, and the realness as much as we can. So curious if you guys can be honest about the biggest surprise you've experienced since joining the Sherm Co team. Mm. I framed it in a negative way, but it doesn't have <laughs> yeah, to be no. negative. I was like, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm open to feedback. Um, <laughs> biggest surprise joining the team that you want the people to know about. Okay, you said honesty. Sure, yeah, go for it. Okay, so. We, I mean, we don't have to air it if it's mm-hmm. bad, so go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. I think, um, <laughs> I think that coming from Atlanta and then to Charlotte and then working at a Title I school, there was a handful and they all actually worked in um, elementary school but there were a handful of um, white teachers um, so I were I've been working with uh, all black um, staff for three years which um, you know I love my black people of course but it's different um, when you go from that to not working in all black space so I think mm. yeah you know when I interviewed I was like ooh, all right we're gonna <laughs> let's do this but I mean I think like you know Greg you're cool or whatever so it hasn't been bad at all I think I've been pleasantly surprised working with you and just it's just really cool like having someone that allows me to like grow professionally and like mm. sees me like as a person as um you know obviously an employee but like you definitely are always like trying to build me up professionally and I think that that doesn't always happen in this type of a working mm-hmm. space so yeah go Greg team effort <laughs> team effort uh Matthew biggest surprise since you've joined the the crew yeah um I think for me it's um I guess the amount of I hope I say this right but the amount of like tedious work in some ways mm-hmm. and it, it made me it's like I've had to realize that the small things really do make up the big things, right? Yeah. So the work <laughs> that we do in family empowerment on a grand scheme is big and mm-hmm. powerful work, but it's so many little things that go into it. And that's um it's a growth it's a growth experience for me because I'm the type of person I, I sometimes can think bigger picture or I want to do the bigger thing, like the event. But there's a, like eighteen thousand steps that go before yep. the event actual happens. So the tedious work has been the biggest surprise for me. And then, like, you know, um, the slogan is more to do, more to come, right? Mm-hmm. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's, more to, it's more to do, it's more to come. And it's like you do a lot of heavy lifting. And so um, that's been the biggest surprise, just the tedious working and just having to recalibrate my mind to appreciate the little things. Yeah. Devil's in the details, huh? The devil is in the details. <laughs> Miss James, top musical artist you're listening to right now? 
um, listening to Division's new album and Brent's album, which isn't like super, super new, but, and then I've been like blasting Rihanna's new song just mm-hmm. because like we haven't heard her voice in so long. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's so nice to hear your voice again, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Where you um, been? But yeah, definitely still have to watch Black Panther. Mm. Um, yeah. What about you, Matthew? All right. So for me, um, lately in rotation, Three artists have been in, in rotation for me. It's been Leon Bridges. I've been mm-hmm. uh, I've got back on Leon Bridges. Okay. Uh Leon Bridges, sir. I'm not sure if y'all heard of Sir. Mm-hmm. Sir, he's an artist out of California, great R and B artist. Um, soulful for real. Um, Sir and Sam Henshaw. Those are the guys I've been bumping a lot recently. Great. So okay. I don't know Sam. Do you know Sam? I don't actually. Can do I definitely yeah. look it up. I love putting people. Pe- pe- I feel like we love like R and B music. I so. love putting people on good yes. music. Too. That's an obsession. It's important. Yeah. Um. I mean, we had a banging playlist. And <laughs> yeah. A lot we of really did. We were jamming like, at the end of the I, night. I know, right? <laughs> We got, we got a, if nothing else, good feedback on the playlist, right. um, which, which you guys contributed to. So, uh, Taylor James, what a square pizza remind you of? Lord, yeah, I was like, maybe you won't ask me. Um, of course you didn't ask. Um, it's giving, it's giving different. Um, I guess like mm-hmm. unique. I don't know. It's like a cute name. <laughs> so I'm just like, what is it? Like, I, yeah, I just feel like when I think of square pizza, I'm just it's just giving very different. Like pizzas usually <laughs> circle. <laughs> um, and then it's also giving, yeah, school for sure. Like that nasty. I'm sorry. I did never. Well, I did not well, like. Well, I'm sorry. Yes, it was not maybe good. Maybe, right. maybe Boston's <laughs> was nasty. Respectfully. Respectfully. Boston's. Respectfully. Yeah. Boston's Just pizza about. was just not about. good. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just going to say like unique and different. Um, I want to say like Little Caesars, but they're more mm. like rectangle than square. <laughs> And it always made me so mad. Like, why you cut it so little on these little rectangle pieces? Okay, I'm sorry. That's good feedback. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Gibson. Yeah, so square, <laughs> square pizza, square obviously, pizza. the first thing that comes to my mind is school, right? Thinking about the calf, you know, you get the pizza and square. You put some hot sauce on it. I used to put hot sauce on mine. Mm. Hot sauce on the pizza? On the pizza. Is just that still that a thing? Pizza. Just just the square pizza? Just Wait, the square at pizza school, at school, you put the hot sauce on the pizza? Yeah, never at, not on the pizza at home. So nothing. I went to a white school there. The hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's the South, too. So no, I grew up okay, in the South, okay. so you know hot sauce yeah, is like... They have hot sauce everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have hot sauce everywhere. <laughs> but um, also, I think of pizza, like the, the family box, mm-hmm. when I think of square pizza, I think of that Pizza Hut family uh, box. So okay, was, that's where yeah. my mind goes. I'm like, hmm, I want some now. We're very literal, but yeah. Yeah, I know very. So like, <laughs> and I like what you said. It's a cute name. Greg's gonna be like, we failed. <laughs> it is a cute name, it is. Square Pizza. But you know what? Everybody can relate to a Square Pizza moment. So yeah. mm. the bigger picture, the bigger mm. picture of what you know, the title is. Saying. What's a, what's a Square Pizza moment, Matthew? Um, like right now or in life? Well, yeah, I mean, you said it, so just. Um, a square pizza moment. You put me on the spot here. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> this conversation is a square pizza moment. I mean, everybody kind of sharing their stories, but also we kind of can relate to some some part in somebody can relate to something that someone has said mm. within this story. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a square pizza moment. Okay, Miss James. Final word. Final thought. Final question. Final suggestion to the audience. What else should we know about you? Um, you know, I'm just a cool girl in general. Um, cool, cool lady. Um, you know, follow me on LinkedIn whenever you need to. 
Um, yeah, I'm very fun to be around. Um, Matthew loves saying good morning to me in the mornings. Mm. Make his morning first mm. all the time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Greg hired me, so I'm awesome. Yeah, you seem very self reflective too, <laughs> which is great. Good. Awesome, what a camera. Good, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, final words, thoughts, questions, jokes, uh, ideas. You know, I um, final words. I used to in my charter school. I used to teach SEL and. I had a show. I called it the Mr. Gibson Show. I have like three oh episodes on YouTube if you want to go check it out. It's the Mr. Gibson Show. Um, another plug. But <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> SEL, all those things. Uh-huh. All right, but the things that I, three things I used to say to all my children um, before I ended anything mm. is this thing. Is first thing is love yourself, mm. be kind, and speak life. Those are my final Aww, words. Love yourself, be kind, that. and speak life. It's nice. It's yeah. very good. Thank That's you for very sharing. Nice. Wow, it's been so so great to be here. Yeah, we should do this more often. <laughs> we, we should. should. Like, I had a good time. I would want to. I want to do this like team right? pod, team pod session. Um, yeah, I would say in all seriousness, we love having you guys on the team. I know it's only been sixty days, less than maybe sixty days, but certainly seems like you guys have been around for a while, and I think that's yeah. a good sign, yeah. both like um, of, of our ability to hopefully work together and support you for all the great work you guys have done for our team and the rest of the clients that we're serving across the country too. Yes, sir. Um, So thank you. We'll do it again soon. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Thanks so much for checking out the Square Pizza Pod, making a few selfish requests. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about the podcast and share this with a friend. We appreciate it. Thanks.